Hello, listeners. We're going to start this week's episode with a little sound quiz. I'm going to do something with my pen and my pad of paper, which I think captures the sound of an animal in nature perfectly. Some of my co-hosts disagree. Your job, dear listener, is to guess what animal this is. The answer, a horse running wild and free in a meadow. What you're hearing is the clip-clop of the horse's hooves on the grass that has been compressed by generations of horses running before it. That was this week's sound quiz. And now we begin the main that, event. Wait a minute. That did not sound anything like what you just tested for us. You were like, does this sound like a horse? Uh- <laughs> Well, I had to, because I'm lifting the notebook to get it close to my microphone. Well, it actually did sound like a horse that time. I think that was a bait and switch. Hold on. I'm going to lower my microphone. This is going to sound crazy. Okay, here we go. Now, this is the original way that I originally did it (laughs) when I was like, oh, my God, this sounds just like a horse galloping. Here we go. That's not how we heard it, because we didn't hear it through that mic. Okay, what about this? Now the horse is on the pavement. That's how we heard it. Yeah. Can you do two pens? Can you do a stampede of horses? I only have one pen. Mm. Times are tough. I only have one pen for my sound experiments. It's cool. It's like the original um, prancing horse through the um, rotoscope or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The thing that goes around the circle. The French man who was... Obsessed with capturing motion on a series of still photographs and then projecting them through a slotted aperture that created the illusion of movement. I would, If I met that guy, I would be like, mm, you dropped this king, and I would hand him a, a crown. You're the Foley <laughs> artist for that guy. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money in the world. I'm one of the hosts. My name is David. I'm joined by my two co-hosts and sound artists, Starly. Hi, Starly. Hi. Also, we have uh, John. Hi, John. Hey, David. Hey, Starly. You guys look well. Happy President's Day. Happy President's Day, a day to celebrate the Commander-in-Chief. We've had 46 presidents, and this morning I tried to list them all, and I could only come up with 30 names. Which ones? Well, there's George Washington, John Adams, <laughs> Barack. I was going to try to do, What if I did an actual acapella, made-up, ad-libbed, correct president song? Hamilton. I, I, 20th century I have down pat. I just work backwards, and that makes it much easier. Did you leave out William Henry Harrison? No, I had him. Oh. Did you have uh, Chester A. Arthur? It's my dad's favorite president. We named our first cat after Chester A. Arthur oh, when we got a cat right. in my household. Did you leave out Johnson? Lyndon Baines. The, isn't there an Andrew Johnson? Oh, shit. Andrew Johnson and Andrew Jackson. I forgot about speaking of impeached presidents and speaking of North Carolina politicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't like to claim. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, boy. Uh, we just hope everyone had a wonderful president's day. How about day. Benjamin Harrison? Benjamin Harrison. Yeah, there was, Benjamin, he was the grandson, I believe, of William Henry Harrison. Henry, William Henry Harrison was the shortest president in history. One month, he got pneumonia during his inauguration that he wasn't supposed to go right. to, and then he died within a month, and I believe his grandson was Benjamin Harrison. Wow. Was that Tippy Canoe and Tyler, too? 
Mm. I wrote a really long book report about William Henry Harrison when I was in fifth grade. I didn't know who he was, and I picked him, and then I wanted to have the longest book report. So I had the longest book report for the shortest president. (laughs) We want to start this week with some really sad news, which is that our friends and allies over at the Lincoln Project— Mm. The people who were supposed to save our democracy, the one group of individuals qualified and badass enough to save us from Donald Trump, that whole organization seems to have completely collapsed. And I really regret the $55,000 that I donated to them over the past two years. What? Yeah. I didn't tell you that. That much? I gave $55,000 to the Lincoln Project and I want my money back. Here's what happened. I made $75,000 on my Bandcamp page for my first album. You ain't going nowhere, davidreesrecords.bandcamp.com, and I donated $55,000 of it to the Lincoln Project because they were just so tough and spicy, and they really were hitting them where they hurt. Yeah. And now it's all gone to bed. They all got so much money. They all made millions of dollars. They all made millions of dollars, those little sneaky sons of bitches. It's not surprising, actually. Whether they were had talent or not, you could all tell that individually they probably were insufferable jerks. What was their talent? Just manipulating people. Zingers. The sickest zingers you've ever seen in, a, in an internet-only ad. Hacking into people's DMs. Not talent. Yeah, it was getting normal. I'm going to say that I, there's one person from the Lincoln Project, or at least I think he's with the Lincoln Project, Stuart Stevens. He was the guy who ran uh, McCain's, maybe it was Romney's. I feel like he's the only one that I respect. He's the guy who, who is always generally talking about, you know, racial sins of the country. And he, complete, he just wrote a book called uh, It Was All a Lie just essentially admitting that everything in the Republican Party is bullshit. He's the, oh, the the only one that I love. You know what's funny, though, is we all knew it was a lie, and we didn't even have to be Republicans for a period in our life. Right. <laughs> I know. All right, let's move on to some big stuff that happened. Since we last spoke, dear listeners, we had an impeachment trial in the Senate. I watched on and off the first two days of the Democrats' case, about Trump inciting insurrection. I saw some very disturbing footage I had never seen before from inside the Capitol during the attack by pro-Trump mob. And then we had the vote. I'm happy to say, as so many people on my timeline were saying, it was the most bipartisan impeachment vote in history. So hooray for us. We should all be in a good mood for this triumph of bipartisanship that definitely makes a difference. The only stuff I saw from the impeachment trial, which I feel like is the main stuff, I watched all the footage that they played. And it's really it's really effective how disturbing. I mean, apparently not effective enough because it, only seven Republicans voted to um, impeach him after that. But um, I, I never expected them to um, impeach him. I always expected them to acquit him. But I'm glad the impeachment trial happened because knowing that they watched it and they still voted to not impeach him was important. It was important to get that on record. It was surprising. I didn't think it was going to be 57, though. Burr surprised me. North Carolina Republican Senator Richard Burr, who's been a previous topic of discussion on election profit makers, voted to convict. 
surprising and alienating many Republicans in North Carolina. You know, there was a group, most Republicans voted that this trial was unconstitutional, it should not go forward. There were six Republicans that voted that this trial was constitutional and it should go forward. So those six votes originally you were looking at, okay, these six votes are have a really good chance or at least some chance of also voting guilty because they have at least said it's constitutional. The others said it was unconstitutional. So you figure if they think it's unconstitutional, there's no way that they're going to vote guilty once it proceeds. But Burr was one of the ones that said it was unconstitutional. And then he decided that even though it was unconstitutional, apparently Trump was guilty. Did you see that thing where like he, he they passed the notes to each other? Cassidy sent it to Burr saying, I'm voting yes, and Burr nodded. Yeah, that note passing is when people knew that Burr was likely, I guess. Because a lot of people on predicted at that point uh, had seen that note and the two of them sort of looking at each other and said, ooh, I think there's like a meeting of the minds perhaps there. So mm-hmm. I, I was just on my phone. I was not in a position where I was able to be watching C-SPAN. So when Burr's name was actually said, I was surprised. Was there activity on Predict It when that note got passed? Was it enough of a yes. moment in the moment that did the price go up yes. because of it? Yes. I mean, this is what I was able to gather from looking back at the comments, that that's when things sort of went crazy in that market. Starley, I thought you said you were going to be on Predict it during the impeachment and make money and ride waves during all this I stuff. Know, I what happened? Up. I messed up. I kind of— the impeachment happened so fast. I thought I was going to have more time. I thought I was going to have more time to ride the waves. And then— and then he got acquitted on a Saturday. I thought we'd take Saturdays off. No. Chris Coons said everyone had to go home for Valentine's Day. Oh, that's sweet. They didn't want to stick around. They had the Valentine's Day dates lined up. Chris Coons sounded like Cal Cunningham over here. <laughs> Lover man in the house looking to kiss and cuddle. I messed up and I didn't ride the waves. Fancy dinner. Fancy dinner because I made my money because I had bet no on the bracket how many senators will vote to convict. I said it will not be 53 or 54 senators, and I was correct. Anyone who, because of the upset of Burr, someone who bet on that bracket would have made a lot of money, right? Uh, That bracket was trading at four cents, I believe, before that happened. It had continued to head down all day. I was fully maxed no in that bracket and was able to get out before that happened. And I ended up losing about $80 in this market. And it was really the only situation where I could lose was that bracket. I had it set up where three brackets or so I was going to make like between 100 and 200. And then I had one lotto bracket where I could make like 400. And in the end, I, I lost about 80 I probably did, you know, if you look at all my trading in the end, I probably broke even. At the very beginning of the day, the way I was set up, I would have lost $600. So what made you change that, that you didn't lose 600 Just spreading the negative risk around at that point. I just hadn't done it yet. So all of a sudden it was like, oh, they're moving to a vote. Uh, I think I might need to take care of this, or I could just sit on it and see what happens. But I'm glad that I started spreading the risk around at that point. So you did my strategy where you were playing in real time. Yeah, yeah. I was playing in real time, and I I lost, but not as badly as I would have. Just buying and holding on predicted is really risky these days. You have to be trading 
when the action is occurring. Well, that's what that was my that was my plan. My, my the part where I messed up my plan was not knowing when the action was occurring, and losing track of when the action was occurring. But that was my plan. In theory, my plan was the right plan. Well, maybe David should have texted you, or maybe he sh- wasn't going to, since you guys had this other bet going. But I was kind of like every man for himself at that point. Why would I help her? swindle me out of a yeah, dinner. I wasn't texting anybody at that point. I was like, uh, everyone leave me alone. I got to figure this out. David, how much did you win? Predict it no longer lets you see your share history. I like that because then, then I can erase my mistakes. <laughs> I prefer that. All you see is the payout. So I got paid out $100, but I think I had 75 or 78 Invested. I've made like 20%. You need to have all these other spreadsheets outside of Predicted nowadays. I'm not trying to have another spreadsheet in my life, John. I'm over here trying to perfectly capture the sound of horses galloping with a mere ballpoint pen. I don't want to mess around with the spreadsheet right now. I have other interests. Do you, is there a market yet for Stacy Plaskett's future? She did a good job. I mean, I have to say... I thought the Democrats did a good job laying out the case as to why they should fucking impeach the balls off this fucker. I can't believe how much was actually documented of this of this bad behavior. I mean, I hope it's not too partisan to say it's like pretty damning footage. It really underscores how crazy and violent it was. And that and that they didn't when we when I was watching the day it happened and we were watching from the outside. And we didn't know the extent of how violent it was. And we were, I couldn't, I didn't even know if I was, I knew I was witnessing something dumb and horrible, but I didn't know if I was witnessing something deadly. I didn't, I couldn't make sense of what I was watching. And they felt the same way in the rooms. Right. Everybody was experienced, had this sort of tunnel vision experience. Those cops that were in that uh, portal trying to keep them out of the um, basement area of the Capitol, those guys were, they were having hand-to-hand combat for like five hours. It's insane. They had no idea that they had already people had already gotten in and had been kicked out. Those people were just in their faces for hours, and they were just fighting and fighting. They had no idea the the lay of the entire battlefield, which uh, I guess is what combat may be like. I, I just, I honestly, I know it's. I just, I, I really can't believe it happened. Yep. I can't believe it happened. It feels, yeah. Number two most surreal political thing in our lifetimes after nine eleven. Just as spectacle, as as imagery and some symbolism and just being like, what the f- heck? Right. And yet 9-11 made sense. You'd seen terrorist attacks before. You knew that fundamentalist terrorists were out there. The World Trade Center had been blown up before. I mean, seeing the airplanes and, and I mean, that was shocking. But it made sense that you're being attacked from an enemy from the outside. Right. These were Americans attacking our own capital at the behest of the president. The president told them to, and the president wanted them to kill Mike Pence. That's not an exaggeration what you're saying. How do you guys feel about one of your own, North Carolina, Burr? Did North Carolina pull through? Well, it's very interesting. So Richard Burr is not running for re-election, so he's in YOLO mode. Richard Burr, before his controversial COVID stock transactions, which were covered extensively on election profit makers, and of course, I lost a lot of money betting that he would be indicted for those transactions, <laughs> did a, you know, for a Republican especially, I thought did a decent job on the Senate Intel Committee with all the Russia stuff. 
He doesn't seem as craven as as North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis, although my understanding is Tom Tillis came out and dunked on Trump a la Mitch McConnell after he voted to acquit. He did come out and say, blah, 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 Trump is a bad boy. Trying to have it both ways. No, no points. The both ways, buddies. Right. Wasn't he your postcard campaign all around Richard Burr, though? Yeah, we don't like Richard Burr. Richard Burr sucks. All I'm saying, guys, uh, listen, I'm not saying I like Richard Burr. I'm not saying that I'm becoming a Republican. I'm not saying that I'm still giving tens of thousands of dollars every month to the Lincoln Project. I don't want to kiss Richard Burr. I don't want to be in a two-man noise project with Richard Burr. I don't want to FaceTime with Richard Burr, and I don't want to know more about Richard Burr. I would never, I will never, literally never cuddle with Richard Burr. All I'm saying is Richard Burr is a better, I would say, a better than average Republican senator. That's all I'm saying. You can call me Bill Share. You can call me a centrist. You can call me a bipartisan soy boy. But I was happy to see Richard Burr vote to convict. Good for Richard Burr. Did you know that Richard Burr was, he was actually related to Aaron Burr? Aaron Burr from the famous rap musical Hamilton? Yes. Really? Also, Richard Burr, another stat about Richard Burr, he is the only person in the history of the United States to vote guilty in two impeachments. I say, sir, Richard Burr, two votes guilty. Yes, Kerr. Wait, you mean two different presidents? No, Richard Burr is the only politician who has voted to impeach as a member of the House and a member of the Senate. And involving two different presidents. Who is the only congressman voted to impeach in both members of houses? What a bunch of louses. He's out of our reach because he votes to impeach Richard Burr, sir. Approaching, may I approach the bench? Why, yes, young man. From whence comes that stench? It's the North Carolina soil from which I was born and grown. And now I'm here to say that I'm going to own this president impeachment-wise. That's the first verse. Can you work in John's city mouse? Beep, cheep, cheep, Mr. Senator, look down at your toes. Why, hi there, young friend. How does the green grass grow? Well, I wouldn't know, for I'm a city mouse. I stowed away in your cuff to come to this wonderful capital. Well, now that's just cap. Speaking of capital, that's just capital. And let's rap a little. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll be like, and what ho, listen to yon meadow. What clumps there? Galloping horses coming to, <laughs> to save us all. And then a man will, will show up on his galloping horse, and then he'll do a rap. He's got to deliver a message. Hot fi ho, my liege. I bring news of the seventh impeacher. Who is it, sir? Why, it's Richard Burr, that old, that old teacher. Who's your, favorite, who's your favorite novelist? The guy who writes Jack Reacher. Oh, Lee Child? Yes, he's anything but mild. Now let's be wild and impeach Donald Trump. That's another. That's not the best verse of my rap, but that's going to be like workshopped and it'll get a lot better. Isn't the key to the Ray Hamilton rhymes is that it rhymes until it doesn't? Oh, really? And that's what good poetry is? Probably. I've never seen Hamilton, never heard it, never watched it on TV, but I imagine that's what happens. Who is the only member of Congress to impeach not twice, but Paul Song? Is it Paul Songus? No, it's not Paul Songus. Try again, bird. There'll be a buzzer sound that actually rhymes with the word burr so that he'll hit the buzzer. He'll say, you get one more guess. The answer, my friend, is Senator Richard Burr. He voted against Clinton for that for that unseemly oral sex act. And then he voted against Trump for it being an insurrection pack rat. Damn it. That was close. Unseemly sex act. 
insurrection pack rat. So this is what would happen. When I tour my musical, it'll be called Burr! Exclamation point. Hamilton will open for me. That musical will go first because we have to go by chronological order. And then my <laughs> musical will come on afterwards. Richard Burr, the great, great grandson of a infamous duelist. And now he's in North Carolina and he's just the coolest. He voted to impeach not once, but two different POTUSes. And now we give him honor because that's what that's what makes them notice yeah, us. Yeah, that's what. Oh, yeah, it's great. POTUSes and notices us. I'll, I'll buy that rhyme from you. Yeah. Can you do a, a Winston-Salem rhyme? Because that's where he's from. Born and raised in the town. Should I say Winston or Winston-Salem? I think it should end with Salem. So you would rhyme something first and then go back to Winston-Salem. Okay. So would you be like, he and then he whale him. Was that good? Yeah, I would say, and then he, whale, and then he whaled him. Well, that makes sense. He is from Winston-Salem. You win some and you lose some. If you're from Winston Newsom, he's talking to Gavin Newsom right now, and that's why he said Newsom. Because <laughs> Gavin Newsom is also in it. It's not a rap music just about Richard Burr. It kind of sums up the last four years of our life. It has COVID. It has Trump. It has Richard. But it's all seen through the life of Richard Burr, you have to understand. He drives around in his little funky Jeep. Beep, beep, here I come in my Jeep. Dear Senator, I checked the, I checked the Senate mailbag. Oh, my goodness gracious. Are those postcards still... Oh, damn it. Nothing rhymes with mailbag. Are are those postcards still coming in real bad? Yeah, <laughs> yes, they are. They show no intention of stopping. <laughs> well, I'm glad I traded those COVID stocks, or maybe that's what's rocking. Damn it. Do you think all these senators voted to impeach um, from the goodness of their heart, mm. even though they had everything to lose, and there was a lot of things on the line for them, the stakes were very high? I think most of them are not up until 2026, so they're probably assuming that we have four years where a lot of other stuff is going to happen, and no one's really going to bother holding this vote against them in 2026. Uh, Murkowski is the only one uh, that's going to be yeah. up uh, in the next cycle. And yeah, everyone's talking about her being primaried, but uh, Alaska just changed to an open primary. So she, she doesn't have to go and win a Republican primary. So she, she will probably be okay. Open primary means they just like write her in or something. Every Any time- voter can vote in the primary. But Starley, what you're remembering about Murkowski is that she, a few years ago, when it was still a closed primary, she lost. And then she ran as a write-in, as like an independent. And the write-in people, they had to spell her name correctly. And her name's not necessarily an easy name to spell. And she won. So people have always looked, have always used that as an example. They're like, oh, the, you know, I wouldn't mess with her. She actually won a write-in campaign. I mean, it's kind of like when Joe Lieberman lost the Democratic primary and then ran as an independent and kept his Senate seat. Connecticut for Lieberman, the CFL party. Yep. Ran against Ned Lamont. She won a write-in campaign and her voters can spell correctly. But you know what? She actually won a lawsuit that allowed her voters to wear a bracelet into the voting booth that had Murkowski's name on it. Wow, really? Is that true? I'll put that in my musical. That's perfect. Hey, I love your bracelet. It's like your wrist got a facelift. This is my spelling aid because Murkowski's got it made. M-U-R-K-O-W-S-K-I. You really cheated having to rhyme Murkowski. No, Murkowski's wonderful. I could rhyme Murkowski all day. Murkowski, Furcoatsy, Murkowski. Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski, Mike Krzyzewski can be a character. (laughs) Duke basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski could show up. 
Murkowski, Kowski, Housekey. Where's Where's Senator Murkowski? Has anyone seen her housekey? Oh, <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda's not gonna sleep well tonight. There's a new king of historical rap musicals on the scene. Kid Midas, the original rhyme slinger. Speaking of Shushevsky, that reminds me of a. <laughs> birthday present <laughs> that I received. Uh, first of all, I, I I would just like to thank all of the listeners that wish me happy birthday. I have no idea why that happened, but that was a real surprise and that was that was really nice. John, it was his birthday. What's that? I meant to say it was John's birthday, but I said John, it was his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that was normal, right? Yeah, that was yeah, I was I'm like, going to write that down for my rap musical. That's could be a cool line, John. I also was received another birthday, birthday wish from somebody who I was not expecting, somebody who's famous, actually. Hey, what's up, John? Uh, this is Tyler Hansborough. I want to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> this is amazing to me. This is the 2008 National Player of the Year in college basketball, 2009 National Champion, all-time leading scorer, for UNC basketball, Tyler Psycho T. Hansbro wished me a happy birthday on my birthday. I was, I mean, you know, Tyler Hansbro, he's big, big time. UNC basketball shouted out my name. <laughs> uh, your buddies, uh, Sam and David, hit me up. They also said you're um, from Chapel Hill and you're big time Tar Hill. Uh, Tar Hill's been looking pretty good lately. I know people have been kind of hating on us. Because we're young, we've got some L's, but I think we're going to be a pretty good team. Uh, handed Duke an L uh, at Cameron. Uh, it's always a great feeling. Uh, but I also heard you uh, host a podcast called Election uh, Profit Makers. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. Um, I just started a podcast called Sleep Hawk Worldwide with one of my buddies. Uh, it's a pretty funny podcast. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. Cover a little basketball, and little TV shows and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoy doing that. And they also said you're a helicopter pilot. Uh, much respect to you. Uh, I don't have the nerves for that or the stomach. Uh, yeah, that's, um, I'm not getting in a helicopter. I've got a huge fear of flying and, uh, that's just not in the cards for me, but, uh, respect you doing that and best of luck and, uh, have a great weekend and, uh, go Hills. Can I, I want to ask the listeners. So I've never used Cameo before. I, it was fascinating. So obviously what you do all the time is if you've ever watched celebrities do Cameo videos, usually the person who's bought the video has littered the text or the message with all these private jokes. And it always feels a little manipulative. Like I felt a little bad to tell Tyler Hansborough that you were a helicopter pilot because I was basically telling him something that I knew was not true. I lied to Tyler Hansborough because I wanted him to say it because I thought it would be silly and funny. And if Tyler Hansborough listens to this podcast, and he said he was going to check out this podcast. He did. I do want to acknowledge to him that maybe that wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a grievous. You were not, it did not make Tyler Hansborough look foolish to say that. Well, of course it makes him look foolish because he said you're a helicopter pilot and everybody knows you're not helicopter Tony. You're not a helicopter pilot. But also everybody knows that we do have a helicopter pilot on staff with election profit makers. It's just, he just got, his mistake was thinking that John is helicopter Tony. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He, if he'd been wishing helicopter Tony a, a birthday wish, that'd be different. Maybe when helicopter Tony has a birthday, you can tell um, 
what's his name? What's your guy's, what's your hero's name? What's the? Uh, Psycho T. You can tell Psycho T uh, that he, that Helicopter Tony is a domain trader and is a Bitly expert and then it'll be even. It, psych, he doesn't go by Psycho T anymore, I just want to say. He goes by Big Hawk. Okay. You're the one who called him Psycho T. Because I, uh, I listen to his podcast and he calls himself Big Hawk. You listen to the podcast? Yeah, I actually thought he was calling himself Big Hog at first. How is his podcast? Uh, I, I haven't finished it yet, but it's good. It's it's well produced. Did he talk about you on it? Oh my god! What if he was like, I had to do the most amazing cameo. This guy said he was a helicopter pilot and hosts a podcast. He must be the coolest guy in the world. Maybe best friends with him. It's all tricky because John is not Helicopter Tony, but Helicopter Tony speaks through John. I'm the personification. John gives voice to Helicopter Tony, and then it just gets in, and then we're into like the tripartite God, and it's just you know. Well, let's let's shout out his podcast. It's called Sleephawk Worldwide. It's with a guy named Sleephawk and a guy named Big Hawk. And Big Hawk is Tyler Hansbrough's Psycho T. That's interesting because I was going to say John and Helicopter Tony is kind of like the movie Lady Hawk. I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but that's a movie from, I think, the 80s. Matthew Broderick, Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer. It's called Lady Hawk? Yeah. I'm going to add that to my musical. Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer are um, cursed lovers. They got cursed by some curse. And so she walks by as a woman, and she's got a wolf by her side. And then when you see Rector Hauer, he's got a hawk, um, and she's the hawk. Rector Hauer is the wolf, and so they can never be together. Like, they, they al- they're always together, but one of them is always an animal form mm-hmm. because of this curse. And that's what I feel like Helicopter Tony and John are. Oh. Lady Hawk. The Lady Hawk. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So everyone go listen to Sleephawk and uh, rate and review him on iTunes and tell him that Election Profit Makers sent you. Oh, my God. If you guys... If you guys rate and review, what's his name again? <laughs> oh, my God, Tyler Hansborough. Tyler, Tyler Hansborough. Hans- Tyler Hansborough. If you guys rate and review Tyler Hansborough's podcast more than you rate and review ours, that's— That's a huge faux pas. I'm going to go through all of his reviews after this and see, and I'll know. I'll, I, I've gone through enough matchmaking emails now <laughs> to know the, the telltale writing styles of our listeners— I'll know if they left a review for— Okay, well, I can tell you that Tyler's podcast just started, so they don't have that many reviews. So I was, I was kind of thinking we could help him out. Oh, actually, we should give him reviews then. But also give us reviews. Yes. Give him a review, us a review. Take a penny, give a penny. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, like, yeah. all self-indulgent talking about my birthday. All right, that was a tight 45 minutes about John Kimball's birthday. <laughs> as long as we're on the topic of John Kimball, is there other Kimball name news? Yes, more Kimball news. Both of my parents have received their first dose of the vaccine, finally. So nice. That is great. My dad had little side effects from it for about a half a day, was not feeling great. My mom didn't have anything, but uh, they're both fine now. So that's good. My parents got their second dose. My parents are in the clear, ready to rock, ready to party, no inhibitions. Are you going to go visit them? Not until I cut my hair, write my musical about Richard Burr, and then I will return in triumph, trailing clouds of glory as I come. The prodigal son returns with the hottest new rap musical in his briefcase that he flies everywhere with, and it even has a handcuff that reaches from my wrist to the briefcase (laughs) handle because it's the first musical to ever mention the movie Lady Hawk, Gavin Newsom, (laughs) and incorporate the phrase, John, it was his birthday. (laughs) Back to the world of politics. Merrick Garland 
Some of you will remember last week we had a guest who caused a bit of a stir in certain corners of the internet, my old friend, Bill Scher. And he agreed with John Kimball that my betting that Merrick Garland would be confirmed as attorney general by March 1st was a safe bet. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Wait a minute. He doesn't agree with me. I had no position. Oh, I thought you, I thought you incurred, oh no, you were Pete Buttigieg. Never, it's another confirmation thing. This yeah. is what happened. Yeah, Starly, you diagram what happened, yeah. You asked his professional take, I mean what, professional what, predicted opinion? Smart guy. You asked his smart guy opinion. Um, he was on a roll with his lovable smart guy takes. So you guys asked him, I believe it was John actually who asked him about the Merrick Garland market. Then he said, with confidence, I believe enabled by the both of you, um, that Merrick Garland would be confirmed by the first. And then David was already in on that. And John said, I'm getting in then. I'm, if Bill says it, I'm getting in right. on that. And yeah. I said, he, what does he know? He doesn't know. He didn't have to. He wasn't expected to know. We didn't have him on to know the Merrick Garland market. I think it was more your guys' reactions that were interesting to me, even than him declaring that. I was looking. I was thinking, okay— Predicted had it at like 53 cents. So Predicted was sort of looking at it like, oh, this is a toss-up. This may or may not happen. Uh, and then Bill came in and was like, oh, yeah, that'll definitely happen. And I thought, oh, I, I think maybe I have an in, some inside information, Burr style here. Mm. Maybe it may, maybe if, if uh, Bill knew more about Predicted, he would have looked at the fact that that was trading at 50 cents and known that the smart money – thought it was a kind of a toss-up and that maybe he the market was right in this sense. It was kind of a toss-up. And then immediately within hours, it, it became clear that it was very unlikely to happen by the first. David, did you, what happened with that market for you? Well, I'm down 150 freaking dollars. This is the most catastrophic single bet I've ever made in the history of Predicted, all because I was starstruck by the marquee name of Merrick Garland. This is two, I've had two catastrophes related to the cabinet. Okay, I got a hot take right here. Oh, boy. I'm buying into Merrick Garland. Oh, that's going in my musical. The guy, this will be act three. The guy buys I got a bid into right Merrick now for Garland 500 after all this shares, yes, Merrick Garland. on Merrick buys Garland. Into Merrick. John, you're insane. They have, the, the hearing is scheduled for March 1st. John, don't do this, seriously. He won't be confirmed the day of his hearing. Why is this not trading at one cent then? Because they all heard our podcast and they all listen to Bill. This will be a good scene in my musical. Friends, I pull the trigger. Merrick Garland's on the mark. I'm going to buy it bigger. Okay, so I'm going to buy 500 shares at six cents for $30, and it will pay out at $300 if Merrick Garland, for some reason, oh, if something God. changes and it gets moved up. I don't think it's likely that happens, but I think it's possible. And it might be fun just to put a little money down and see what happens. Eh, it might be fun to put a little money down and see what happens. Buying at six cents, it's just not that far to fall. You know what I just remembered? My, my rap musical can also have singing in it because Hamilton has singing in it. Well, it's, uh, mm-hmm. So I can have a song it's a called It's Hard to Have Fun for Six Cents. It doesn't have to be just a rap. That's good to know. That'll be one of the songs. It's hard to have fun. I like It's Not Far to Fall once you're already at six cents. It's not hard to fall once you're up at six cents. It's only a six cent fall. 
It's not a big fall at all. Six cents. Then all these nickels will come out and say, five cents, five cents. Who wants some five cents? And then someone will say, I see dead people. What? The six cents. (laughs) Sorry. Backing up the money truck. Listener questions. Contact at Election Profit Makers is your gateway to having all of your questions and concerns addressed by your humble hosts. We have a correspondence from Dennis. He thanks me for a pedal recommendation I made. You're my pleasure, Dennis. And then he says, I don't have a technical misconnection post, but I was hoping to get some advice. At the beginning of COVID, I vowed to ignore the internet dating apps and just go on with my solitary life. But as COVID dragged on, I fell prey to its dopamine. I think he means the dopamine of the dating sites. And I logged back on. I met up for a socially distanced meeting yesterday. And she showed up wearing a Pod Save America COVID mask. Mm. All I could think of during our awkward stroll along the Santa Cruz coast was David mimicking the Pod Save America wine. So what do I do? Dennis asks. Do I run or do I try to advise her of her podcasting error? What would you do, friends, if you went out on a blind date or an internet date and they showed up wearing a Pod Safe America mask? I think, I think, well, well, first of all, is it the Pod Safe America mask? I think what he means is the mask that says whatever it's, it's a, the one. The one that says, oh, it didn't have to be this way or whatever, or isn't this too bad or whatever it said. Well, I would also find it weird because, like, in the beginning when I feel like people had Positive America masks, I was a little bit more willing to let it slide because we didn't, like, know how to get masks otherwise. (laughs) Other than our podcast, we had no idea where these masks were coming from. Joe Rogan isn't selling masks yet. It's got to be a Pod Save America mask. My favorite murderer isn't selling a mask yet. I got to wear my Pod Save America mask. Yeah, that your guy, the guy who gave you the birthday message, he didn't have a podcast yet, so he couldn't sell That's masks right. yet. Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough. Yeah, but now there's so many. Now there's so many masks out there that if she's still wearing her old Pod Save America mask, I don't know about that. Some old crusty mask from the summer, Dennis. I'm gonna say. Go on a second date and and continue to feel this person out. We can't we can't be too quick to judge people. Even when John Waters had his famous quote and he said, "If you go home with somebody and there's no books in their apartment, don't have sex with them." That's too judgmental. Maybe they have a good reason for not having any books. John Waters has never been to L.A. Oh, shots fired. Um. Also, you should Dennis. You should ask her about it. You should tell her. You should have a conversation. Communication is really important in relationships. Whoa. And this is a way, great way to, to feel that out, to feel her communication skills or openness. This is what you say, Dennis. You say, listen, I had a really nice time walking along the Santa Cruz coastline with you, but you have to know something about me. I listened to this really terrific podcast called Election Profit Makers. And six or seven months ago, they had this hilarious bit where they were making fun of the Pod Save America masks. Now... I would like to continue to see you and feel out this relationship, but I have to let you know that every time you wear that Pod Save America mask, I can't help but think about my favorite podcast, which is why I love hanging out with you so much. It's perfect, Dennis. I think it's going to be wonderful. And then you can get her to listen, and then you can get her to rate and review. Oh, boy. She's going to be like, why have they spent 45 minutes talking about me on on this podcast? And then she'll say, I love it, too. 
I'm going to get all my friends to listen. Dennis, the first episode she, she should listen to should not be this one. Yeah, start her with a different episode, Dennis. Next week should be the first one because she the first one she listens to, we're just talking about her. She's going to expect us to talk about her every episode. Yeah, start her with the, um, with the explainer of negative risk episode from the first season. Hot, hot sexy stuff. <laughs> no, she has to start at the future. She has to start at the future one. She can never go back to this one. She can't ever listen to the other, the back, any of the back catalog because she'll always get this one. She'll have to like delete this one from her phone somehow. Oh yeah. She can never know this exists. This conversation exists. So he's gonna have to start her for the first time next week, and maybe even tell her that's when the podcast started. Good luck to you, Dennis. So should I explain negative risk again next week? That sounds fun. I still I still understand it, so that will be helpful for me. All right, John. This is a message that Monica wrote us about your beard adventures from a few weeks ago. She says she was excited to hear that John was experimenting with using coffee grounds to color his beard. What a time that was. She says, when I was a solitary kid in South Texas with super pale skin and no patience for laying out back in the 80s, which as we all know was the golden age of laying out, she says, I spent a summer experimenting with black tea to give myself a fake tan. I wish I could say I had some results other than just various messes with lotions and whatnot, but I was still pretty excited to hear someone dipping into similar waters. And then she says, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but she wonders if maybe you'd have better luck, John, with henna rather than coffee. Thank you for your correspondence. And (laughs) I do think that I would have better luck with henna. I don't know if there's truly an all-natural henna. A number of people have suggested it and also said that there are chemicals so that you could even have a reaction from that. But frankly, even if you don't have a reaction from it, it just seems like too much work. Coffee grounds seem easier than like— They're close at hand. They're, you're comfortable with—you're familiar with the materials. Yeah. So I think while it may work, I'm just going to—I'm st- I'm just going to stick with the white and just own it. We got a a message, um, I got a message rather, via Instagram from a listener on Cape Cod. This guy wants us to book this crystal, this occult crystal expert that he's obsessed with. And then he also goes on to say, John describing his dream was my favorite part of the episode. Please do more dream talk. Uh, What does Starly dream about? And then he says, I like David's English accent. Um, To summarize, He would like more fantasy and crystal talk, less beards. Wow, less beards. Okay. More guided meditation. That's not on, that's not an option on this podcast. Less Billy Joel. We haven't talked about Billy Joel in months. More British David. And also he requests a British version of Starly. I think Starly, he wants you to do a British accent. That's from a listener in Cape Cod who will go, go unnamed. And Starly's dreams. That is a real mixed bag of requests. He's a little greedy. He's, de- he's demanding, but he's an old, he's an old, I have to admit, he's an old friend. He's your old friend? He's, he's John and my old friend from way back when. That's why he feels like he can be demanding. Yeah. He can't, I'm not, he's not my old friend. I don't have to give him anything. I don't have to give him my dreams. Don't have to give him an accent. Missed pedal connections. As you know, Election Profit Maker is one of the top 10 American political podcasts that has a side hustle in connecting effects pedal enthusiasts. Not much going on in the Miss Pedal Connection this week, I'm sorry to say. I do want to publicly thank Brian P., listener, for sending me that BYOC compressor. That is to say, build your own clone compressor pedal. 
I spent some of President's Day soldering the components to the circuit board. Very excited. I will update everyone on my progress once the pedal is completed. Now to Germany, where listener Patrick has written us. He says, I'm Patrick from Germany. I've been listening to your pedal misconnections for a while now. I'm more of a techno guy. Now that makes sense. Everybody knows techno and Germany go hand in hand like bread and butter. He says, I'm more of a techno guy, and I think it's seriously lacking content for us non-guitar-playing synth weirdos. And he says, my not-a-real-musician inferiority complex got triggered by hearing about guitar pedals. Since I think you'll agree representation in media is an important political issue, and since I am an electrical engineer, and here is where I got very interested, I can offer a wide range of self-designed, self-built Eurorack modules Now, all the synth nerds are getting excited. Here is what Patrick has on offer. Multiples slash buffers, a 3340 analog oscillator, ADSR envelopes. Children, let's all remember what ADSR stands for. Attack, delay, sustain. Uh, Oh, fuck my life. Attack. Reverb. No. Oh, God. Relay. Oh, God. Rewind. Oh, I'm having a brain... Research. Attack, delay, sustain. (laughs) People are getting so mad screaming at their phones right now as they... Oh, attack, delay, sustain, release. Oh, speaking of release, wowie zowie. ADSR envelopes. (laughs) Two different filters, active T-bridge low-pass filter and Korg MS-20 style low-slash-high-pass filter. Reverb delay based on a hacked karaoke machine part. Mm. Okay, Patrick. An Arduino wavetable oscillator that has CV input for changing the waveform. He says, this one is really nice. Clones of the four millisecond swinging clock multiplier and rotating clock divider. John, I know you like that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, logic gate modules. Oh, Patrick, you've been busy in your little workshop, friend. I would be open to trades for my finished modules of all the ones mentioned above. Then he says, if somebody has immutable clouds or braids and is willing to trade against any combination of the above, I'd love it. I also plan to sell the PCBs and the front panels for building these components yourself for five euros a piece. And all proceeds will go to help the local Munich music scene during Corona. He says, since I'm pedal curious, I can also offer you to build and or repair guitar pedals as long as they are not SMT, meaning that the stuff inside is big and mounted on holes. Oh, Okay, so Patrick is offering an international repair service for pedals. If you want to ship your pedal over to Germany and have Patrick work on it, he's willing to do that. So here's what's going on. We've been talking about guitar effects pedals, and obviously uh, guitar effects pedals, you don't have to use them with guitars. I don't use them with guitars. I use them with contact mics and little synthesizers and whatnot. Patrick got a little intimidated because he's a German techno synthesizer guy, Now he's trying to expand our discourse to include not just effects pedals, but actual Eurorack-style synthesizer modules. So if anyone out there is interested in dipping their toes into the exciting and bankrupting world of Eurorack synthesizer modules, write to contact at electionprofitmakers.com, and I will put you in touch with Dear Patrick in Germany, to whom we say, Danke schön, mein Freund. Starly, what have we in the way of misconnections this week? We have some... New misconnections that came in. There's also been a few, like, some misconnections in the works. There's some matches in the works. Just um, that we're waiting to hear some updates about. We'll see what happens. Okay, so we have, let's start with Elijah 
You remember our listener, Elijah, right? Hardcore Elijah. DSA. Yep. Red Rose. Yeah. 15-year-old Josh who wrote in asking to be connected to some friends during the pandemic. Elijah wrote in about Josh, and Elijah wanted to tell us that he is 16, not 15. That's interesting, Elijah, because I feel like— I feel like you told me you were 15. Maybe he had a birthday, just like John Kimball. Yeah, time. Whoa, you said it, John. Maybe he had a birthday. If so, happy birthday, um, and I hope you got a cameo for it. Who, who, would, who would Elijah want a cameo from? Yeah. Can't, can't afford AOC. Probably can't afford Bernie. No. Maybe he got um, freaking Noam Chomsky to fire up the— ca- Oh, imagine if Noam Chomsky was on cameo. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, my God, the Noam Chomsky cameos. Hello, Starly. Uh, I can't even do no Chomsky. <laughs> As any cursory review of the literature will prove, it's obviously your birthday, and this does not warrant further discussion by any serious person. Oh, my God. The Noam Chomsky cameos would be hot fire straight from the skillet of Noam Chomsky's mind. I also want to say Noam Chomsky's COVID beard has every other beard fucking defeated, depleted, and deleted. Noam Chomsky's beard right now looks incredible. Where are you seeing it? I saw it on the screen grab. I follow that woman, Brianna Joy Gray, or Joy Gay, the Bernie Sanders former press secretary who's always fussing and fighting online. Uh, you think? <laughs> she always has a kind word to spare for the centrist Democratic Party. And she has a po- <laughs> she has a podcast. <laughs> And I think she had Noam Chomsky on because they posted a screenshot. And Noam Chomsky was straight Gandalf the Great. It was incredible to see Noam Chomsky looking like that. He's a beast. We all will always have respect for Noam Chomsky. Manufacturing consent, manufacturing that beard, man. So he wrote to Josh, I completely empathize with where you're coming from. I'm also a generally introverted person, and the pandemic has compounded social isolation so much. There's just... No opportunity to really have fun conversations with people during virtual school. Your interests of math, stationary tech, and astronomy all sound really, really interesting, and anybody would be lucky to be your friend. Also, as David said, I would highly recommend joining Sunrise Movement, DSA, or any hard-left organization. I've gotten a lot of my social interaction during this time from being involved with local— Hold on, my dog's lapping water loudly. That's good. Kind of sounds like a horse— drinking water from a stream after a hard gallop. That is some loud drinking. Okay. Also, as David said, I would highly recommend joining Sunrise Movement, DSA, or any hard-left organization. I've gotten a lot of my social interaction during this time from being involved with local political organizing and advocacy in my town. Whether it's political engagement such as Zoom, organizing meetings or phone banks, or something entirely different, joining a regularly occurring group activity has definitely helped with feelings of isolation for me. Then he writes a message to UK Josh. UK Josh, keep it up with the left-wing organizing over there. I'm sorry Labor isn't what it was a few years ago. Starmer will be PM soon, and then a more electorally effective British left can get going. Shout out to Elijah for keeping us abreast of the prospects of a more effective British left. (laughs) <laughs> and our first Starmer reference, I mm-hmm. feel, on the show, right? I don't know who, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I, stopped, I stopped paying attention to British politics when, when uh, what's his name left? The guy who has a medical condition where smiling is painful for him, and he always has to frown. I loved that guy. Mr. Bean? No, what was his name? Gordon Brown. Yeah, and then there was David Cameron, of course, and then Theresa May. And now we have 
Boris Johnson, the cool guy. We have a misconnection from Sasha. Hi, I would love to get in on misconnections. I live in the southernmost part of L.A. proper at the end of the 110 freeway. Life is good out here at the port. I'm, I've never heard any part of L.A. referred to as the port. And I live in L.A. and I'm from L.A. I'm ideally looking for someone who is a man between the ages of 30 and 38. I'm currently 33 years old, identify as female, and work as a middle school English teacher. Both of my parents were born in the former Soviet Union, which is where my name comes from. Recently, I have been enjoying learning to cook the foods of my heritage during quarantine. That's a cool hobby. Sasha, I give you a thumbs up for that. That sounds fun. Yeah, true. My favorite recipe so far has been making little filled dumplings called pelmeni. I liked that she spelled it out because she anticipated by me saying it wrong. I've also started my own baking side business to supplement my income. More muffin drops. We need more. We need dead drops all over this country where EPM listeners can, <laughs> can leave little baked good little surprises for each other. I don't know for sure, but I get the sense that I might be the only extrovert in the EPM universe. <laughs> I also am an extrovert, Sasha. I'm an extrovert as well. Um, it's why we're unraveling. I consider myself pretty fashion-forward and design-oriented. I like taking selfies, and I don't care if people think that's dumb. Whoa, Sasha owning her brand. All right, Sasha. I used to swing dance before quarantine hit and participated in my first judged competition in the weekend before COVID-19 ruined all of our lives. I didn't even place, but I was really proud of myself. Yeah, it's an accomplishment. Why am I single? This gets a bit heavy with a narcissist parent, which really set me back developmentally from an emotional standpoint. I spent many years unlearning imposter syndrome and still fucking am, and I went from one toxic relationship to the next, but I've been going to therapy and really doing the work. I have a supportive and incredible group of femme friends. They love me. She put in parentheses. Um, And we've been supporting one another throughout the pandemic. I have found such fulfillment from this group of amazing women, dare I say, sisters. Just recently, I was able to exit a relationship in a beautiful and loving way. Anyone who knows what it's like to be raised by a toxic parent knows that this is a huge win. We ended our relationship last week. The main reason we broke up was because he was 25 and I am 33. I'm really looking for things out of a relationship that he was not able to provide. I'm sad, of course, but the most loving thing we could have done was to understand that we couldn't meet each other's needs after trying it out for a year. We are on good terms, and I really appreciate him as a person. All that being said, I know the relationship I desire is still out there in the world waiting for me, and this is exciting. This is the first time I feel like I've ended a relationship where I've felt healthier coming out of it than going in. I've truly learned so much. I have never done that, so I find that... um, Huge. It's a good sign for Sasha as a person who is growing and learning. Some fun facts. I use, I bought David Reese's comics when I was like 15 and still have them. She spelled your name wrong. Oh my God, next. Did she put an E on the end of my last name? R-E-E-S-E. Wow, it's yeah. interesting because as far as I can remember, I think my name was spelled correctly on the cover of my comics, Sasha. Oh, I had <laughs> to zing you there, Sasha. I'm sorry, but I had to, had to zing you on that one. She should have a bracelet that has your name spelled on it that she uses whenever she writes emails about you. Sasha, it's still not as bad as when I was on a Delta flight and I was delighted to see that my old TV show Going Deep with David Reese was on the seat rest on the screen in front of me and I was delighted to see they had spelled my name wrong on my own damn TV show listing. Where? On the on li- the- you know, when it comes up and they have the little capsule summary of what the show is about, and it's like, Bob's Burger is a weekly animated show where a bunch of people yell and scream at each other and they all work in a bakery or wherever they work, a hamburger factory or something. And it said, Going Deep with David Reese, R-E-E-S-E. 
I was like, man, you need to ground this plane right now because we have an emergency. We have an emergency on our hands, Mr. Pilot. Ground this plane. <laughs> Sasha, I, forg- I forgive you. What's that like, having your name misspelled? Uh, listen, I would rather have people misspell my name a thousand times than call me Dave once. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. She used to love going to L.A. art and music shows back in the before times. She likes anything arty and creative. She's dabbled in ceramics and printmaking. Uh, feminist, duh. Olympic weightlifting is a solo sport that's replaced dancing while COVID exists. Her current deadlift PR is 205 right now. Whoa. But I hope to get to over 250 one Wait, day. Wait, is she deadlifting in her own home? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Sometimes I go on walks and liberate tiny cuttings of succulents from people's yards well, to well, propagate well, 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 Now, wait a minute. I don't know about that. That kind of seems like theft. She says, I know, I know, it's terrible, but it gives me such a rush. I can't explain it. I might just be losing my mind in quarantine. I figure on a scale of 1 to 10 of maladaptive coping behaviors, this is like a 2.5. Why is that bad? You don't have permission? Mm. You don't have permission? I mean— but if it's but it's just one little succulent that's gone. There's so much. Yeah, succulents. but Starly, if everybody walked by who wanted a little rush and they each took a little piece of the succulent, then there'd be no succulent left for the owner, the person who bought and intended for this. But su- not everyone's going to do it because not everyone knows how to. I, listen, Sasha, if you haven't familiarized yourself with Immanuel Kant's categorical imperative, then I don't know what to tell you about these succulents. I understand that you want to have a little frisson and a little subversive excitement during quarantine when we're all so bound by rules and we're all so being bludgeoned by reminders to wear masks and socially distance for the benefit of humanity. It makes sense to me that you've decided to act out a little by snipping these succulents. I would just hope that you don't get carried away and that you remember that someday you might have a succulent plant in your yard and maybe someone will come by and take the whole thing, rip it out. Well, she doesn't do that. She doesn't take the whole thing. And she says one of her goals is she'd like to own a home one day. And she's been taking classes part-time so she can make enough money to learn how to invest into retirement, which I, which, I mean, she's really busy during quarantine. I don't know. I feel like the succulent thing is fine. Is that bad? I'm sure she's taking from hardy succulents and she's, and she's creating life elsewhere. I don't know. I think it's okay. And I think also, Sasha, if, if that's if what David is saying, if you really if you do own your own home one day, which it sounds like you will, you have to be okay with people taking succulents from you. And in fact, I think you should have a prominent succulent bush at the front of your house that maybe even a sign saying "snip away." That's it. Mm-hmm. It's the snip away. It's the snip away solution. You just put your finger on it. Um. She says she'd like to travel more one day after quarantine's over, and she loves solo travel and affirms that every woman should go on a long-ass vacation alone if she has the means to do so. I, I've i gone on solo travels, and I actually don't like traveling alone. So not every woman, I think, has to go on one. But I think if you're afraid, you should try it. But it's not always that fun. Okay, so that's Sasha. Sasha's got a lot going on. Yeah. I got, one, I got a misconnection from Justin. Hello, Starly and David and John. At the risk of piling onto the misconnections train too late, I wanted to put myself out there and into the ears of the EPM listeners. My name is Justin. I moved to Philadelphia from New Jersey in the fall of 2019. By the time I felt settled into my new surroundings, the pandemic was upon us, and as such, I don't know a lot of people in the city. I'm interested in making some new friends or starting a romantic relationship if the right woman was interested. A little bit about me. I'm 28 years old. Preferably, I'd like to meet people around my age. I love art, and I really want to go to galleries and museums again once the world is a little less crazy. My recent art has been mostly weird Photoshop collages, and in the past, I've done watercolor painting and some printmaking. I'm a vegan, and I love to cook. I've spent a lot of the past year working on my pizza-making skills and trying to cook a few new dishes. 
I'm not a huge gamer by myself, but I still love to play some games with friends. I love fighting games and board games especially. My last relationship ended about 1.5 years ago for reasons that were never 100% clear to me. Looking back, I know that I was in a really bad place mentally, and I know that affected the relationship and my ex. At the time, I felt left behind professionally while my peers were finding great success in their new careers. That's tough. I was deeply depressed. I definitely wasn't putting in the work to take care of myself or my relationship, and I wasn't making the effort to make my ex feel like the special person she is. It, it can bleed over, you know, when you're not feeling good about yourself. It bleeds into the relationship. Since then, I have been working on myself a lot with the help of my therapist. I found a new job in my field that could financially support me and finally moved into my own apartment. My outlook is much better overall these days, other than the loneliness caused by living alone during this pandemic. If any listeners live in or near Philly and I haven't scared you off, I'd love to connect. I would especially love to meet some fellow artists, musicians, or other creative people, but I'm sure any EPM listener would be fun to hang out with. So that's Justin. Justin seems like he's gotten getting his act together. I'm excited for Justin. Some others um, came in. We'll save them for the next episode. So if you if I didn't read yours, um, it's coming. If I didn't read your pedal misconnection, it's because you haven't written in. So come on, guys. Let's get these pedal. We're getting crushed out here by these human misconnections. It's like people don't think pedals are as important as humans. I need all the pedal EPM people to step up and send me emails about pedals. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Let's have some pedal pride in this country. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers. Our next Patreon episode is a humdinger suggested in part by a listener. We are going to watch two classic movies about cities that move. That is to say, skylines on the move. The first is a Miyazaki classic, Howl's Moving Castle. The second is a modern classic, Mortal Engines where huge cities fight each other because they're also tanks. Incredible movie that I've already seen. I can't wait to talk to Starley and John about that. We'll record that in the next couple weeks. We still have that relationship with Predict It. There is still money to be made and lost on Predict It. And if you would like an extra $20 of matching funds, go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20, and you will receive up to $20 in matching funds. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever you happen to get your podcasts. And remember, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast so that you can get the show as quickly as it is released. My name is David Reese, and as I gallop away on my galloping horse, I will look over my shoulder and say, thank you for joining us on Election Profit Makers. And I will also say goodbye to my co-host, Starly. Goodbye, Starly. Bye. And I'll say goodbye to John. Goodbye, John. Bye-bye. Hi-ho, Satchel, away! Going faster and faster. Satchel, your horse's name is Satchel? I named my horse after my second favorite Gainesville pizza entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. <laughs>